Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast Sports Extra. Is this the first one? This is the first one of this uh, calendar year for uh, for the, for our, for this NFL year, I suppose. And I'm here with the great sports guy JP. JP, it's wonderful to hear your voice. How you doing? Uh, I'm great. It's uh, exciting to be back in the swing of things. Um, how's it going over there? Everything's going pretty good. We're excited to talk football. I was just thinking that we call this a sports extra, but really it should be the football extra. Yeah, I, I don't think we've covered much of anything else and now that you mention it i don't think literally anything else has been just uh talked about I outside think, of football and an occasional like nick gas record i was just gonna say the agro crag may have been brought up once or twice but besides <laughs> that it's all football all the time but that's what we know best jp and uh it's it's no uh no secret there was just a pretty big uh, event for the nfl the nfl draft and they couldn't have uh done it at a better place i liked it in vegas jp what do you think about it in vegas versus some of the other places radio city music hall is always good it's classic but i kind of like the spectacle in vegas i like vegas and i i've heard rumors of maybe switching up the location every year like they do for the super bowl i would just like to keep it in vegas i think now they have a football team there yeah a great spot spot for it you know it's great for entertainment and they uh, need to they need to do it like how they do the do uh well i guess how you said like the super bowl but not like every place gets one they should do like the good places do new york do vegas maybe do like uh, nashville would be cool probably but like stuff like that but i mean don't go don't go everywhere. like about vegas do the ones that hit that. vegas it kills the thing I like about Vegas is like they could put on like a little bit of a show beforehand. Like there's the guy in like the uh, straight jacket that was trying to get out, and uh, I, I like there are a lot of like uh, celebrity picks. I don't know, it just seems to fit the the Vegas vibe to me. Yeah, if you want it to be a spectacle, which is what they do. I mean, that's what the draft is anymore. It's a huge thing. It's a fashion event. It's a it's a pop culture event anymore. So doing it in Vegas, I think, is is the right way to do. I I, I love it there. But uh, JP, let's get to uh, some of the the picks, and we'll start locally uh, with the Steelers. Uh, Big Ben retiring. Everyone talking about the Steelers probably drafting a replacement. They bring in Mitch Trubisky. Is Mason Rudolph going to stick around? But we see with the twentieth pick, they take uh, Kenny Pickett from Pitt. JP, uh, thoughts on uh, the number one pick for the Steelers? Um, I'm going to just j- just be honest. Like it, it's kind of it, it's exciting and cool to have a guy from Pitt come in to play for the Steelers, especially at quarterback position. I know they had a lot of regret when they passed on Marino in the 80s, but Kenny Pickett is not Dan Marino. I'm going to make that abundantly clear right now. I felt that drafting a quarterback at all this year in the first round was a bit of a reach. Um, Pittsburgh was the only team that did it. I guess they were the most desperate in need of the position, but I really feel like they drafted for need rather than best available talent. I felt there were still quite a handful of uh, Pro Bowl caliber players. But, I mean, they, they aren't going to pick it. And I guess if there's a team that knows Pickett better than anyone, it's the Steelers. So I like to trust their judgment on it. But, I don't know, as for me, it seemed like you, you're buying a house when the market's not there. 
You know, yeah. I could give you a bike today for free, or you can wait a year and get a car, but they want for the bike. You know, that's just kind of how I am with the pick at pick at the moment. I, I agree. It's it's just an overall down year for the quarterback. And that's what they were saying in other positions. Uh, it's better. So, you know, you see it like that. But, yeah, I think Pickett was the only quarterback taken in the first uh, yeah, two rounds. Actually, right? at pick 20 overall, was that was actually the latest uh, first quarterback ever drafted in a year since 1997 with Jim Drunkenmiller. <laughs> wow. Good company then. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited about Pickett just because I, I don't expect him to come in and do anything spectacular. Do we even think he's going to start the year as the starter? I kind of think they're going to go with Trubisky and kind of look for a reason to pull him. Um, well, I don't I think we have a real quarterback competition here in Pittsburgh now um, because the thing too with Pickett's, he's going to be 24 when the season starts. He's not, you know, a 22-year-old senior. Mm-hmm. He's a four-year starter at Pitt, but he also had a red-shirted year. So I'm thinking, like, why would you even draft an older quarterback if you don't expect him to play? Why sign Trubisky from the get-go if he's not going to play? But also at this point, Trubisky's, what, 27? <laughs> I think he might have more potential left in the tank than even a Kenny Pickett might have in the tank at the moment. Oh, wow. I mean, Trubisky was a second overall pick. He's been to the playoffs two out of four years as a starter on a team that wasn't particularly good. Now he comes with this Pittsburgh defense, uh, a more talented group of wide receivers than he had in Chicago. Definitely a better structure. I, I, I don't know. To me, I, I would have given Trubisky a year and if it didn't pan out. I just, you know, find your quarterback next year. Yeah, I agree. They kind of seemed like they were, I don't know that they were reaching because I, I think they liked Pickett, but is he really, you know, the, a first-round talent or is it because he's the, the highest of a small, you know, not a small class, but like a, a, a lower-end class? Uh, what do you been the first-round pick if he was with the quarterbacks from last year or next year even? So mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, maybe they should have taken a lineman or something. Uh, We've had multiple experts too say that these quarterbacks don't compare to the five that were picked in last year's first round. You know, so if you, these guys are all graded lower than Mac Jones was out of college, according to a lot of experts. Yeah. So I didn't really see the Mac Jones you know, was a was a Pro Bowler though. That is true. He did make the Pro <laughs> Bowl, and no, no no other rookie quarterback did. <laughs> I would have never guessed <laughs> but, that. Um, yeah, I don't know. To me. I understand the Steeler like Mac Jones has already played more than I ever thought. He seems like a career backup that like you see ten years later. You're like, oh yeah, didn't he play for Alabama or something? Yeah, like like AJ McCarron. Yeah, exactly. You know that those guys. (laughs) Alabama (laughs) and Oklahoma have like the best like, or Miami even have like quarterbacks that just are backups. Michigan State's known for backup quarterback. (laughs) Um, I I was gonna say too. Um, in in terms of uh, the picket pick, the uh. Like, they share facility, Pitt and the Steelers, so I, I do understand the connections. I'm sure that uh, Tomlin and the crew know everything there is to know about Pickett, and they're happy to have him as a franchise quarterback. I just, I, I don't know if the raw talent's there until I see it. He uh, He's a one-year wonder at Pitt, too. He lit it up his senior year, but... So did Joe Burrow. Players, yeah, yeah, I mean... I don't want to compare him to, to Joe Burrow quite yet. <laughs> Dude, if he turns out to be Joe Burrow, that'll be the coolest thing ever. If it's Kenny Pickett with all of Joe Burrow, but just Kenny Pickett. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like he wears like that. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pickett does does have, have a bit of a swag to him, which I, I do like. 
I, I, I want to make something clear. Like, I, I do like Pickett. I'm yeah. going to root for him. He could have gone to any team and I would have rooted for him. Yeah. I, I, I like the guy. It's just, I don't know. If I, I agree. I don't think you anyone's know, rooting against him. I, I feel like. I, li- I like Pickett. I don't know that he's a high-end talent. I hope that he is. And I want to see him succeed. I'm excited to see what he can do with. I mean, like I said, we don't know that he's going to come in and start right away. It's probably going to be Trubisky. But I'm excited to see maybe even what Trubisky can do with with Najee Harris, with this, uh, with Pat Fryermuth, who I think is going to be an absolute stud for his entire career. Uh, with uh, some of these younger receivers, we'll see if Chase Claypool can figure it out. That'd be cool. If Deontay Johnson will be around for probably one more year. And then we just drafted uh, George Pickens. Yeah, so yeah. what are your thoughts uh, on Pickens with the second? Pickens. Pickett and Pickens. Pickens, um, so the thing I liked about the Pickens pick was I know he was taken right around when Sky Moore was drafted out of Western Michigan, uh, Side Academy graduate. Um, mm-hmm. I understand that most people here in Pittsburgh wanted him. I, on the contrary, think that Sky Moore will succeed better in Kansas City, who is another player I'm rooting for. He'll fall into that Tyreek Hill role. So I'm excited for that. But like you said, George Pickens, I'm more happy he fell to the Steelers too because he's a more of a big body type wide receiver. I think that Sky Moore playing with like a Deontay Johnson's a little bit of a similar prototype, whereas Pickens brings a different dimension that the other receivers don't have. He he has great ball skills and can win at the line of scrimmage. He consistently swats the D-backs hands away in man coverage. And he's definitely more of a physical and speedy wideout, but, but, but again, I wanted to say that um, he struggles at taking the top off a of defense because he's not necessarily that breakaway uh, burner, yeah. and uh, he has a little bit um, off the field issues. He's been suspended for violating team rules and got kicked out of a game for fighting during his freshman year at Georgia, yeah. and uh, of course the the injury history. He did tear. He only played thirty five snaps this past season. Oh wow! Yeah, I knew it was an injury, but I didn't know it was it was that few. And you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, he he can get his head on right. Like I I don't know anything about him personally, but that's what I've heard from reports. And we also know that the Steelers kind of have uh, I would say an immature locker room when it comes to uh, wide receivers, at least of the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that I mean they they need to get it together. Another thing I wanted to say was. One thing I like about the Pickens pick, as well as the uh, Calvin Austin, the other receiver they picked later in the draft, uh, they're opposites. Austin is that gadget type of player, more of a speedy route runner, great with the ball in his hands to make plays. Just um, the name Calvin Austin sounds fast. Yeah, yeah he he also <laughs> he just has that uh, belt like like Tavon Austin. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking. George yeah, Pickens, yeah. <laughs> by the way, sounds like yeah, the, yeah. the protagonist in a novel in like the 30s. <laughs> um, <laughs> Calvin Austin too though yeah he has that same build as Taylor Austin uh, 5'8", 170 so he's undersized which obviously means he has limited catch radius 5'8", but, 170 by the way his BMI probably says he's morbidly obese right <laughs> <laughs> yeah 5'8", 170 yeah I wonder how that looks I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up while you keep talking JP yeah, just like on the average human being who isn't playing in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but but like where Pickens and him differ too, swatting the hands off your D backs and man coverage is something that Austin needs to work on. He also needs to show 
more variety of his speed on his vertical routes. It seems like he's just a, uh, you know, stop and go kind of guy. He doesn't really use his acceleration to his, to his advantage as much as we'd like to see. But I'm excited to see these two different types of receivers because, like you said, there's an immaturity. Um, JP, you said he, he's he's five eight one what? Seventy. One seventy. He's just overweight. He's not obese. He is just overweight. So we have an overweight wide receiver. <laughs> According to the BMI. He, he also, that overweight man, actually finished in the top five in the 40-yard dash as well. <laughs> yeah. Do you have his 40-time, <laughs> JP? That's always oh, something people love to. That's probably the number one uh, measurable that people look for and like, anything, even if it doesn't matter. If you're a long snapper, like people want to know what your 40 is. Like, I'm overweight and made the NFL, and here's how you can to. <laughs> He's going to be, gonna be <laughs> but, pushing boner pills with uh, Frank Thomas in a couple years. <laughs> but um, what, what I want to say about these receivers that I'm happy we picked them because I'm getting the sense now. I saw it throughout the draft. Um, NFL teams and players are getting smarter, like I've mentioned throughout this past year. I think the Steelers drafted these guys because, I'm going to be honest with you, Deontay Johnson is a good B-plus quality receiver. But I think he might be seeking a plus money with this wide receiver market. Yeah. Now, if Pickens and Austin, one of them pans out, yeah. you have the freedom to just trade Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool or whatever you want. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that has yeah. to be what they're going to do. And the one thing that I, I mean, for good or for bad, uh, the fact that the Steelers draft pretty decent wide receivers annually, I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to wide receivers all the time. If they drafted a cornerback, it's going to go the other way. I'm going to assume they suck. Yeah, yeah, they find wide receivers, and there's wide receivers everywhere in the NFL today. So, like, I understand that it's definitely a very valuable position, and everyone wants these top wideouts. But at a certain point, like, you're breaking the bank on these guys when, like, you know, you can find wide receivers every year in any round. Mm -hmm. JP, you want to talk about, we have DeMarvin, I believe it's Leal defensive lineman from Texas A&M in the third round? Uh, so I, the way I look at it, I think this is going to be potentially to its replacement if he's not going to come back. I agree. Um, yeah. I agree with that. So the, the the issue with him is he, if you look back a year ago, he was rated as actually a potential top 10 uh, prospect on the preseason draft board. Right. But all he's done has been disappointing in terms of production. He has... He's a great all-around athlete for a man his size, 6'3", 290. He, can, he has a, you know, a wide range of moves to perform at the line of scrimmage to win and get past blockers. But he struggles versus double teams, struggles in the run game, and his natural talent has not lived up to his development or potential at the moment. Yeah. So it sounds like he's kind of – he has the potential. Obviously, he uh, a couple years ago, uh, he was ranked higher. And uh, maybe they can get the most out of them. I mean, but you see it go the other way, too. You see people just not pan out. So hopefully that's something uh, they can get out of him. He appears to be like a 3-4 end versus the uh, like the, the nose tackle, which I was kind of hoping for. I don't know who they're going to have in the middle this year. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, Olulu should be back healthy, but I, he's also he's another year 35. older and off injury. though. like if that's is that what you're anchoring the middle of the line on? That's what I'm saying. He's older too, so I'm not sure who they're expected to fulfill that, or if they expect 
Cam Hayward to do it. He's played inside and outside as well, but. I feel like we've seen, so not that Steve McClendon was anything great, but like he was okay a couple years ago who left uh, Hargrave is doing pretty well. He could have been, I mean, and obviously you let guys like that go because you're like, okay, we're going to hold on to it. We're going to do this. And then it doesn't pan out. And there's no way of really knowing that. But, you know, I would like to see somebody in the middle. I guess he's just going to be another depth. And like you said, if two, it doesn't come. I don't know what his. What, what his status I would is. like to get a guy who's a permanent starter instead of getting through this. You know, like Chris Warmly played. We saw Isaiah Bugs. We saw. Yeah, they need, they need to treat Wanda it like do. he's not there. And if he's there, it's a bonus instead of treating it like he is there and then be disappointed when he's not. Right. I, I, I agree. And you can never. Pass rushers is a position you can't have enough of. Yeah. Uh, so I would invest heavily in finding ourselves another guy to control the defensive line. Uh, yeah. And it, it came Hayward's getting old, too. Well, speaking of Haywards, we we brought in a new one, and there was sixth round Connor Hayward, tight end slash fullback, I guess, from Michigan State. What are your thoughts on Connor Hayward? Do you remember when we had Roethlisberger and Heath Miller, and the draft every year was anything but a quarterback or a tight end? <laughs> That's what we should have done this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. If anything, maybe keeping Connor Hayward makes Cam Hayward want to stay another year or two. I don't know. <laughs> That's the way I look. No, well. I think as long as he's productive, the Steelers will have him. Yeah, he's he's that hybrid fullback tight end blend. Um, and also, he if he's not good enough, then let him go. Yeah, he, he returned some kicks at Michigan State, too. Yeah, I did see that. He seems like, honestly, like a more talented Derek Watt. Yeah, he, he's a, a like, do we still? Player. They're like the Steelers have four sets of brothers. Okay, but th- of the eight brothers, there's three that are good. Yeah. He, well, <laughs> actually, that's not even true. There's three that are okay. There's two that are good. PJ is good, and Cam Hayward is good, and then Terrell Edmonds is okay. The, the, the way I look at it, six round pick, two hundred nine overall. If if Cam says. I would like to play maybe one or two years longer if my brother is here. Draft him in the sixth round. <laughs> You're right. I mean, with with the sixth round, I think he could, he could con- contribute on special teams. But I mean, the special teams on the Steelers are just going to be the brothers of the good players on the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's 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 the pure nepotism line. Yeah, is the special teams there? But no, I I I, I hope for him. He could be a good. Um, you know, off the field guy. His brother's nominated every year for Man of the Year. Maybe he'll it'll, it'll be good for the community, and I, I could see him being a potential like fan favorite. And hopefully, I, my only favorite is- performs. My only issue with him is like, what are you gonna do with a five eleven tight end? He's five eleven or like six foot. Like as a fullback, I I would like him, but then that begs the question: like, why again? Why do we have Derek Watt? Yeah, it, it's too many. You can't. Okay, teams, like, he, he serves the same purpose, kind of. Like, we don't need... We have one fullback we don't use. We don't need another one. It, the, like, 25 teams don't use a fullback. And now the Steelers have two of them. Yeah. And I know he's, like, H-back, tight end. But, like, and if you're saying, okay, well, he'll line up at tight end, I don't want a 5'11 tight end, really. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they'll use him for like gadgets because Matt Canada now has a quarterback that isn't um, Roethlisberger, Adrian. Maybe he does use some of the, uh, you know, trickery, some yeah, of the stuff we've seen. I think, 
I think what the Steelers kind of need to do, and I don't know that Matt Canada is doing it or capable of doing it, uh, is doing like the kind of uh, Niner offense, like do things that are uncharacteristic. If you have people that are like uncharacteristic, then instead of trying to force them like a round peg in a square hole, like put people like Debo Samuel end up at tight end and you have George Kittle at tailback and stuff and they mix it up. I could see if the Steelers had like, you know, just football players on instead of like the traditional Here's a tight end. Here's an eye formation. Let's pound it. I, I think you'll start to see a little bit more variety now that Roethlisberger's retired, considering, I mean, it was Roethlisberger's team for years. They were going to stick to whatever he wanted for the last year. So now, now it's time to let, you know, let the cat out of the bag. You got Pickett and Trubisky, who are more more mobile than people give them credit. For. I think so, they're, they're beyond, like, they're above average mobility. And I think even if we had, like, I don't know, like a, a tree out there, it would look comparable to Roethlisberger the last two years. Like, I think anything out there compared to what we're used to, they're going to look like they're Vic and they're prime. Right, right. I mean, like I said, Roethlisberger Mike, not Marcus. Free. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he couldn't. Probably the least mobile quarterback last year, including Tom Brady. <laughs> Had to have been Roethlisberger. Yeah. Um, but the mobility is going to be huge, I think, with Pickett. Pickett is... Um, mobile enough he keeps he's mobile but he keep, keeps his eyes downfield i think sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i think he's more almost like i feel like he has a more of a composure than i see a lot of and i think it probably is the age thing and i don't know maybe being in kind of a i think the offense that he ran at pit is kind of similar to more like he's more pro ready than uh you know the guys that like willis who played at liberty and didn't play against anybody and you know misses throws and like I'm, he has a huge upside, but like I think Pickett is the more. If you want somebody to come in sooner than later, then Pickett's the way to go. Yeah, yeah, Pick and Tomlin said that like in Colbert, or yeah, Kevin Colbert both said he just wowed them with his uh, maturity and, you know, his like you he said, seems like he can be a leader. Player. He's only played a handful of games less than Marino did at Pitt. He has the experience, um, and he is the most NFL ready prospect from this year and um i mean Steelers were a playoff team last year with a quarterback who was not playing his best ball at the end of his career now we're plugging in you know a brand new quarterback who just isn't roethlisberger so can those contribute to victories we'll see because honestly roethlisberger lit it up in the fourth quarter last year does Pickett or trubisky have that sense of urgency or even better yet are they talented enough to not even dig that hole to begin with I, I think that, honestly, I like Pickett with, like, if it comes down to, like, game on the line, I'd like to see what Pickett has to offer versus Trubisky. But I'm, I'm, I'm open to – I just want the team to win. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the player. It's a logo. Yeah, and uh, the thing, too, is I saw last year, Roethlisberger, quickest release in the NFL, offensive line struggle, Ben just getting the ball out. Um, Pickett last year averaged 3.19 seconds per throw. That tied for the third lowest mark in all of college football, and it would have been the slowest among all NFL quarterbacks last year. Yeah, well, that's something to think about, especially it's not like the offensive line got any stronger, really. Right, and uh, yeah, he had uh, 34 pressures this past season, which was the second most in FBS. He, He holds on to the ball too long. Yeah, well, that's something. I mean, hopefully they come in, they work on it, and we'll see. I mean, it's it's it's... 
the the growing pains of having any rookie quarterback. And, you know, that's the, the downfall of coming to the end of an era with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, it's true. And Pickett's also just like a year, year and a half younger than also, Burrow and Jackson. Burrow's played 26 games. Jackson's played 49. And now Pickett's coming in fresh. We'll see if he can close that gap. We'll see. And also, like, I think people expect too much out of, out of whatever quarterback. Like, if they come in and they can play solid defense with a defensive player of the year and stay healthy... And, like, just pound the ball with Harris. Like, if they try to do, I'm not saying, like, the Tennessee offense, but, like, focus more on the running game and, and turnovers. Turnovers is the name of the game. If Pickett's not turning it over, they can run the ball. You know, anything gonna, can happen. I was going to get to that, too, was uh, I, I like the Tennessee comparison. Um, I think that uh, Tennessee is a little bit more hard um, at controlling the line of scrimmage for their offensive line, of course, Derrick Henry, and then using – their uh, tight ends, A.J. Brown, I know he's gone, but when he was there, he was that big body receiver. I think the Steelers could run not necessarily a power offense the way they do, but I see what you mean with the run game. I like the bootleg play action. Right, Trubisky stuff like that. Right, and I think both of them can pull that off, and I think Trubisky on the run, rolling out, I think that's where Trubisky's the best. I do too, and he's played a year in Buffalo. Great coaching and a great quarterback to learn after. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, definitely. All right, JP, anything else you want to talk about on the Steelers uh, draft, or do you want to talk about some of the other AFC North picks? Okay, yeah, so there were a few. So Mark Robinson and Chris Olakun, is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Or, yeah, rounded out yeah. the seventh round. Um, I guess these guys will just be depth positions. I don't really understand taking a second quarterback. Um but I'm assuming these guys here is going to play their role as depth positions. I don't really, I didn't really get to watch these guys in college whatsoever. But we'll see. Yeah. All right, JP. Uh, let's go to like we were saying for that rest of that AFC North. As far as the first round goes, uh, there's some studs that uh, the AFC North brought in. Uh, the Ravens, in particular. Yeah, I'm going to just say I think Baltimore had the best draft this year, and quite frankly, it's one of the best drafts I've seen in years, period. I think people sleep on Baltimore. I know um, Egghead, with his take last year, (laughs) put him in last, and hey, to his credit, he did it. He was right. I also have to give myself credit. They didn't have a starting corner. They didn't have a starter (laughs) backup or third string running back, and uh, Lamar Jackson missed some time. I think we're getting those guys back healthy with what I consider the best draft. I think Kyle Hamilton was a steal at 14. Everyone considering him may be the best overall athlete in the draft. Goes 14. There's something about Kyle Hamilton's face that just looks like he should be a Raven. He just looks like a Raven to me. He looks like he belongs in a Raven uniform, and I hate it (laughs) because I think he's going to be really good. He's going to look so good in one, too. They... (laughs) And Tyler Linderbaum was actually probably my favorite overall player in the draft because I think when it's all said and done, he'll be to the most Pro Bowls. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, somebody like Linderbaum in Pittsburgh, and then you take your quarterback next year and roll with Trubisky this year. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Everyone, it wasn't even a secret. All the experts were saying best center prospect in years. Why wouldn't you take that guy, like, top 10 regardless? Yeah. And I, I used to like complain. I mean, not complain, but like you know, when you're younger, you like the the high flashy players and stuff. 
Is there a, a, a franchise that has more important centers on it than the Steelers have had? Like going back to Webster, to Dermani Dawson, even Jeff Hardings, Marquise Pouncey. Like we've been strong up the center for the entirety. Like coaching and centers are what the Steelers do. And yeah, like and, and this Pouncey would have been the next thing. That's going to be the only team with three Hall of Fame centers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think Linderbaum would fit in perfectly. And I think now that. I'm happy he went to a great organization, great team. It's just, look at what they've done with Marshall Yanda and uh, Ronnie Staley when he was there. Orlando Brown, when he had to fill in for Ronnie Staley. Like, these guys build offensive line. Uh, Ravens are always dedicated to out-physical, yeah. out-physicaling their opponent, and that's what they're going to do. And yeah. he, he's going to control, he's going to anchor that line. They're going to get um, – I'm still excited to get uh, Dobbins on the field at running back. We'll see what they do with Jackson. I. It's just – it's a physical team line of scrimmage with a lot of speed on the perimeter and at you know quarterback and running back in the backfield. I agree. The Ravens are going to be tough this year. And, like, I think last year was a fluke down year. Like, I, I really think – I don't know what's going to go on in Cleveland. They're always a dumpster fire. Uh, they're bringing in Deshaun Watson. Obviously, bringing in a quarterback will immediately change it, especially when with Baker Mayfield, who's trash. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough division for the Steelers, and that's another thing with like, you know, not yeah. taking a quarterback. They're probably not gonna win their division this year, JP. I I, I mean, I hate to break to some people, but you know, I think this I, I, might be a losing season. It, it's very doable. I know a lot of people are saying, "Well, weren't they?" better now they don't have Roethlisberger I, 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 I they're gonna have a second place division schedule Cleveland and Baltimore are gonna have an easier schedule than they will JP I, the, the thing with uh, are they better with than with Roethlisberger it doesn't matter like it, it really doesn't matter it's either are you competing for a Super Bowl or are you not like who cares if you're between 22nd place and 16th place or if you're between 18th place and 10th if you're not competing for a super bowl then get rid of the people and rebuild until you are like i yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not interested in 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 not having a losing record i'm interested in having a playoff win in the last decade yeah yeah but i guess according to the sealers they think they have a super bowl ready defense great young running back good receivers i think they think they're a quarterback away which could be the case, but I, I don't. I think. Yeah, but need... just because you think you're a quarterback away, like, are you forcing it? Because I'm a quarterback away, so I need to draft a quarterback. Just because you need one doesn't mean that he's like you know gonna be what you need. Well, that's what I was gonna get at is yeah. you're gonna need to get a real deal top ten quarterback yeah. in today's NFL. Like I said, the, the and that's so much pick, harder than that than it is. Like we're just saying, it, like just go out and get one. Like they don't grow on trees. Like yeah, most right. first round picks suck, honestly. I like mean, quarterbacks. What the asking price was for Deshaun Watson, and that was a guy with all these civil lawsuits. Yeah, Cleveland gave up all these picks for him, especially Which, in in like today's society. Like could like the fact that they still do that shows how much they value that. I mean, of course, it was Cleveland that pulled the trigger too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if but, it wasn't going to be Cincinnati or, or uh, Vegas. I mean, in an ideal world now, I mean, Cleveland's lost their draft picks for the next couple of years. Maybe Deshaun gets suspended, and then uh, Baker doesn't want to play, um, which means, I guess, Case Keenum, is he the backup? Oh, Case. Uh, actually, I, I, I thought I heard he left. I, I forget. Let's there. look into Case Keenum. I hope he retires soon, not for anything, but I feel like, you know, I, 
I'm not you saying they're going to be begging Case Keenum to come on, like, NFL Network. But who knows? Because freaking Dan Orlovsky's on there. Like, how did Dan Orlovsky get a primetime football job? Tim Hasselbeck. <laughs> yeah. like, 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 apparently Jordan Palmer and John Beck are, like, quarterback gurus. And, like, no one <laughs> would have known. It's it's that old, the old saying, of those who can't do teach, I guess. Yeah, Josh McCown. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Josh <laughs> McCown. Josh McCown has yeah, been yeah. on what almost every team. <laughs> oh uh, man, he he should go to the USFL and play for the Maulers. Yeah. Or, or oh, have you followed play. any of the USFL? Uh, not Maulers. I saw according to Fanduel or the work like they you get the biggest payout if they win the championship. <laughs> so they're like the worst team. Yeah, they they suck. They have or... like the old Steelers running back coach as their coach. I, I watched yeah. something. They had like the USFL like on whatever like uh, like behind the scene thing, and I watched some of that. It was entertaining just because I like watching football things. But like, I don't know. I think I think if people want to have a secondary football league, the way to do it, you got to just get the old scrubs from the NFL who are like in their forties who want to play. Yeah, I do too. Like, like bring like back John. Brett Favre right now. I'll watch that. Have yeah, Favre dude, and Daryl Green will probably still run a four five. Like, do you if you wanted to make money for it, they should do well. They are doing this already, which I like. Is they're experimenting with different things that the NFL could potentially steal for their role book. Oh yeah, you know I I, I like that. Like, yeah, uh, they have different. They have a three point conversion. I saw, and they have. Like an option for I yeah, think. but with stuff like that, is the NFL really broken? Like, do we need to do that? I, I don't know. I'm saying for like onside kicks, so kicking the onside. I kind of like the uh, conversion. You know. Oh, I think I saw. Yeah. I saw that we're, they were talking about it at the end of the year doing the, uh-huh. the conversion. Yeah, side I, of that. yeah that's interesting. Like for, yeah, for experimental purposes. I I mean, when they changed the extra point rule, I think that that role's been great. Yeah, I, I think I, but I think that was important because that like adjusted to like the athleticism of kickers today and stuff. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, I just like that they experiment. And I feel like the onside kick it. hasn't really changed too much. Like they do the thing now where they'll like kick it behind their other leg or they'll do like the the side kick thing. But like the 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 onside kick, there's nobody who's like been a beast at the onside kick. No, it's just no, perfected it's... the onside kick. It's very difficult. Could you imagine how actually, like, I'm not even kidding. Like, if you had a kicker that was just a beast at onside kicks, that would be pretty valuable. Yeah, 100%. Even, like, even like a Justin Tucker can kick from 65 yards out. Like, in a draft redo, maybe you take that guy in the first round. Exactly. What do you think? Justin Tucker is good for nine points a game. Yeah, he's great. If not, like, 12 <laughs> points if you include extra points. Like, he probably is, like, a fourth of their offense. People sleep on that. Did you see that one punter who was from, like, Arizona State or whatever? He's supposed to be, like, one of the best punters. I think he got drafted in, like, the sixth round. Uh, I, I forget when he was picked, but I did hear. There were actually kind of a few special teams guys that were picked this year. Well, that's what made me think of it, because I'm looking at the Ravens draft right now, and they had, like, six picks in the fourth round, and they took a punter from Penn yeah. State, Jordan Stout, in the fourth round. I, I'm taking a look at Baltimore's draft, too, and I, I tell you what. Hamilton and Linderbaum are the only ones we touched upon, but um, Ajobu was supposed to be a top 20, maybe top 15 yeah. pick. I know he had the injury. He may not play this year, but that's a steal. He's going to pair him with Patrick yeah. Queen. He's going to, you know, he's he's going to be that edge rusher that they lost when uh, Judon left. I always like defensive players from Michigan other than Devin Bush. 
Uh, I do too. Generally, they pan out. And honestly, that uh, Travis Jones out of UConn, the nose tackle. Yeah. Many people had him projected, you know, second round. He was on everyone's top hundred boards. He, uh, he, uh, he ran right through Cole Strange, the uh, Patriots' first round pick at the Senior Bowl. Like, oh, right. I think he can play. He can contribute from the get go too. Yeah, that's one of those yeah. things with like UConn. Like, you, you don't always know, but with guys like that, and somebody could slip through the cracks. Although you don't really see UConn players. Like, who's the best UConn football player ever? Dan Olofsky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say, too, is what does Lamar do in the pass game? Well, he hits the tight ends. The, uh, yeah. They drafted two tight ends late, too. I like it because Mark Andrews, obviously your tight end. But Mark Lamar's Andrews, MVP I think, gets slept on as being a, a tight end. Like, just because he's he, he's not like he doesn't make the catches like Kittle or Kelsey, but he's just consistent and just like takes you apart during the he game. His number, he, he's a he's a beast. I think Mark Andrews is. is a beast. And Lamar is not necessarily the best thrower. Right. In he has to, he has like a giant, he's the, he, they, uh, they did like a special on how he tips the ball to himself because it's not an accurate throw most of the time. <laughs> but uh, uh, Lamar was winning MVP when he had uh, Hayden Hurst and Nick Boyle to compliment um, Mark Andrews. I, I like that they picked up two new tight ends this year. What do you think yeah. about Hollywood Brown? I think it was a smart deal on both ends, to be honest with you. I feel like Baltimore didn't need him because Lamar doesn't throw the ball to <laughs> receivers very often. And we today's NFL wide receivers weren't paid. Hollywood Brown's not worth the paycheck that Baltimore would give him. And I think trading him straight up for a pick that you use on Tyler Linder, Linderbaum, I think, is gonna be, benefit Baltimore. I feel like the Ravens, played. since they've like since they've been around, have never had a quarterback who is like a good quarterback. And they were talking about Flacco, Joe Flacco being elite. Like he not really. Like I remember from like when even when they won a Super Bowl, who'd they have? They had uh Delfer and Flacco. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, Trent Delfer for the original one. But then they had people like Kyle Bowler. Like they were never beating you throwing. And then they had, I mean, even with Lamar Jackson now, it's just always like, there's not like that precision passer I've ever seen in Baltimore since yeah, ever. There's an offense that nobody else has ever run, ever. Yeah. You know? it's, it's just back of the days with like Jamal Lewis and stuff. But like they never really had wide receivers. They had like Derek Mason for a year. Or they had like Jacoby Jones, who was a good receiver, like a returner yeah. and stuff. Or stuff they, like that. They're they're just a, a well ran team that I, I, it's culture and yeah. that's really what wins today's NFL. Well, I feel like the Ravens are almost like the same as the Steelers, but like the Ravens won a more disciplined way, and the Steelers have lost that a little. Yeah, I completely agree. Which is why I, I have tremendous respect for the, the Ravens as an organization. Let's uh, let's see. Uh, so the the Browns no first round picks, right? No, they uh, didn't even have a second rounder. Their earliest pick, they went corner in the third out of Mississippi State, Martin Emerson. He uh, He's a guy that needs to work on technique. He brings great length to their team, but Denzel Ward got a big payday at corner. They got Grady Williams last year. Maybe he plays, um, you know, just in uh, nickel and dime formations. Grady Williams is a great name. There was somebody who got drafted this year, and I can't remember what his name is, but it was awesome. It, it literally sounded like it was like a, a sentence, kind of. <laughs> it, it was like quick. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was awesome, though. I'll, I'll have to look into it. But, uh, yeah, there's nothing too uh, special from Cleveland. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Cleveland going forward? Just running. I mean, I think you have to rely on Nick Chubb just being a beast. 
I mean, they have uh, it, it, Cooper in there. It's an entirely it, different team if Deshaun Watson is there or not. It, yeah, I mean, well, I'm assuming Deshaun Watson will be. At least, maybe he he will get suspended for a couple games or whatever. But, like, for the majority, and at least going forward for the next, say, three years or whatever, you expect him to be there. Yeah, and as a reminder, people forget they traded a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper. That's insane. Yeah, Amari more... Cooper might be one of the most like disrespected receivers, like as far as like stuff like didn't he get traded from uh, the Raiders to Dallas and stuff? Like, yeah, I, he's, he's like a beast books. of a route runner. Look how quick Amari Cooper is. Look at some of his routes. I'm, I'm maybe he doesn't he's pay off statistically each week, but yeah, I've had him in like fantasy, and there are some weeks where he's like, okay, cool, you had twenty yards, but like he like. Uh, if you look up uh, highlights of Amari Cooper just beating guys like within two yards, he's incredible. He has gr- great underrated hands too, great with the ball in his hands. He does um, a-, a little bit of it all. He's not as flashy as a lot of the guys are today because he's not putting up, you know, sixteen hundred yards a year. But yeah. he's solid for you know the thousand uh, yards and you know six to eight touchdowns. Yeah, he- he's a solid guy to get you know, the D-backs attention away from the other guys. Absolutely. JP, let's touch on uh, Cincinnati then before. They had the the, uh, the 31st pick, Daxton Hill, safety from Michigan. Mm. Yeah, this is, he's very much like Jesse Bates, their uh, Pro Bowl safety in terms of length and size. Uh, I like the pick because I think where Cincy needed to improve the most, if you look at their team last year, was definitely the offensive line, but they addressed that in uh, free agency. And when I'm looking at their draft, they had six picks. One of them was spent on offense, and the rest were spent on edge rushers or the secondary. Yeah. Uh, I think that secondary is where they need help the most ever since they addressed the offensive line. And uh, they, they, have, they have a good uh, safety tandem. And I think uh, Daxton Hill coming in as the third guy is going to be, um, you know, I, I think he's a good fill-in in case Bates does decide to move on or if he wants to get paid too much, you have a fallback with him. Or if you do play both these guys, they're capable of making game, or making plays. The thing with all the first-round picks from, like, the division, like Daxton Hill, I would have been – pleased with like the, I when I was watching the bar I was I was watching or when I was watching the draft I was watching it at a bar and my one friend was really into Daxon Hill he wanted him on there and like just him or like Kyle Hamilton like or uh, is that right Hamilton yeah does that sound weird I don't know why that sounds weird anyway yeah Kyle Hamilton and the Ravens or you know Lindenbaum going there or you know all of those guys I would have liked to see on the Steelers so it sucks seeing them in the division because I, yeah, I feel that, like they all made really good picks. Yeah, they did. And like I said, I, I wanted to touch on this earlier, is that the picket pick to me seemed forced because, like, years ago when you hear top available quarterback Geno Smith, oh, my God, I got him in the second round. What a steal. That's not acceptable in today's NFL, and it seems like other teams picked up on that this year. Geno Smith is a perfect example of, like, a quarterback that was ranked high and was garbage. Yeah, but Matt Corral was, like, maybe go into the Steelers at 20, according to some mock drafts. The guy goes in the fourth round. I, I really, I didn't draft. think about what you said until like, I mean, I mean, like I didn't think about it until you said it. If the Steelers probably could have taken either of those quarterbacks, really probably in the second round. Yeah. Malik. Or they would have gotten one or the other. And, the, and we both would have been thrilled about it. 
yeah, Desmond Ritter went in the third round. They all went, none, none of them in the second. Yeah. Maybe Pickett's gone, but. And then if you have Ritter and, say, and Trubisky fight it out, and then you play for the next year, and then really get your franchise quarterback, not that I'm saying that there is one, and I'm not, you know, Pickett maybe. I, I, I hope Pickett is the answer. That would be, and, that and would be super Every cool. Every quarterback this year is equivalent or slightly better at best than Trubisky. Yeah. Just keep Trubisky, upgrade anywhere else, and then pick, pick, pick that. You know, yeah. Your, pick your guy next year. Take, uh, take Phil, Phil, uh, Jerkovic out of. If you want a local quarterback, take him out of Boston College, the uh, Pine Richland kid. Do you? you yeah, you, you see that, and it's uh, yeah. I, I really you see wish. him, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. These guys have superstar potential in today's NFL. I, I see Pickett more as a, a game manager than a game changer. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, if you're if you're not going to have that elite quarterback in there, then you're pretty much playing for you know nothing. Yeah, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. All right, JP, is there anything else you want to touch on? Uh, that sums up AFC North. Um, I was gonna uh, just say I think Ravens were one of four teams I would give an A A plus to in the draft. Um. I think the Eagles, Chiefs, and Jets. I have to give a shout out to in terms of their draft. I thought the I Eagles think. had a great draft from from what I, I thought. Davis in the first round. That's who I was kind of hoping the Steelers would have taken if he would have fallen there. And he uh, he seems he's another guy like Kyle Hamilton. Seems like a Raven. Davis seems like an Eagle. Jordan, he just blew up the combine. All, all in. As a matter of fact, Georgia had five defensive players in the first round, most since nineteen sixty seven. And Georgia finished with 15 total players drafted, which is the most ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like Jordan Davis. That's He's like those Ohio State and Miami Georgia. teams. Yeah. <laughs> they got themselves a deal on it. Eagles are going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. They have the Saints pick next year, so they're picking twice in round one next year. I like the Davis pick. I like the A.J. Brown trade. I was going to say they traded for Brown as well. Yeah, Nicole and he uh, he has a relationship with uh, uh, what's his name, the quarterback there, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think they're they're friends. Okay, yeah, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, I, I, th- he, I think he they go back dynamic to their team. They, I Philly like AJ Brown. What was that? I like Brown. I do too. Philly has struggled to draft wide receivers, so they took the initiative to just say, "Hey, let's just trade for one." That and is another one. That's uh, we we need to. JP, let's do this. We need to make like a top 10 worst and best just historical units. Like every year, the Ravens quarterbacks are like, I mean, like Lamar is okay now, but like traditionally they suck. Or the Bears quarterbacks, throw them on there. The Eagles wide receivers, the Steelers cornerbacks. There's like stuff like that. Like there's definitely groups that habitually suck. Jacksonville, everything. (laughs) Yeah. Jets, everything. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the A.J. Brown, I think, brings such a dynamic to their team. And I, I like the Cam Jurgens out in Nebraska, their center they picked in the second round. Jason Kelsey hand-selected him. Because yeah, I, I heard guess, that. <laughs> yeah, he may be out the door, and I, I like that. It's I, like I the it's ap- pro- the opposite of the Tannehill thing. He yeah, hand-selected him. It's not my job to coach Malik Willis or whatever you said. It's like, well, you're going to be the one sitting on the bench, right? Uh, yeah. I don't. I, I I kind of agree. Like it's not his thing. 
I mean, I think if somebody asks you for help and you don't help them, you're kind of a dick. But it is one of those things. It's job security, and it's not like, you know, and it's not like it's an everyday job. There's, you know, 32 of them. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it, it, it does It's the Brett like, Favre and uh, Aaron Rodgers thing, like you were saying earlier. If you're a quarterback, though, you're also the leader of the team. And I feel like, I know it's not your responsibility to be his, like, coach but it is your responsibility to answer his questions i think it affects the morale of the entire team if you're a dick i do too yeah quite frankly (laughs) if you're if you act that way and you're aaron Rodgers, a four-time mvp super bowl champion i get it if you're ryan Tannehill, no well i also think that kind of got that that's kind of like it's like when you text somebody and like you read it a certain way versus when you hear it like, I think it's like, oh, it's not my job, but I also think it's like he's not like, you know, go pound salt. Yeah. <laughs> from, because from everything I've heard, Ryan Tannehill seems to be a pretty decent dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I bet. I was just saying, like, you know, I, I feel like the reason why they picked a quarterback is because you haven't gotten them over the hump. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, take some responsibility, I guess. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> he joins the, the rich history of uh, Titans quarterbacks with Billy Volick and Marcus Mariota. <laughs> yeah, so Eagles, I said Chiefs had a great draft. Do you remember when the Titans had Billy Volick and Drew Bennett as their, like, offensive tandem with, like, Chris Brown at running back? Yeah, yeah. What a, <laughs> I feel like they were all there for, like, two years, and they all disappeared. I feel like that was when, like, Willie Parker was really good. Because I'm yeah, pretty sure like, I'm pretty yeah, sure that yeah. year, because I remember that Madden, and the first game of the season was against the Titans. So I would do, like, fantasy drafts as the Steelers, but I would do, like, a new franchise all the time. And this is going to be obscure. It's just people who play Madden. And uh, I would all, I'd play the Titans, like, every other day because I would start a new franchise. Yeah, and uh, B- Billy Bullock and Chris Brown, I guess, were... I, I, I think so. Right. Who else was on that team? There was There's probably Keith Bullock. Remember him? Uh, Kyle Vandenbosch was probably on that team. That might have been Chris Hope might have been still on the Steelers before going there. There was uh, who was the the cornerback who fought Andre Johnson, Cortland Brown or Finnegan? Finnegan. Yeah, yeah. They may have had Samari Roll at the time though. Oh yeah, Samari Roll before actually Samari Roll might have been on the Ravens that year. Because yeah, I remember he's like the only Madden player to have a headband in this picture. <laughs> Samari Roll. Oh, who was the other cornerback with the Ravens? They had Samari Roll and they had some other cornerback that was super good that they brought Chris in. Chris McAllister. I think it was after Chris McAllister, though. But maybe it was Chris McAllister. Chris McAllister was a beast. Is he a Hall of Famer? Uh, I mean, he's not now, so I feel like he's not going to get in. He's one of those guys. He was a beast with, like, Ty Law and all, all that range, like Champ Bailey. Yeah, that, that, like, era had a pretty solid set of corners. Absolutely. Compared to like today, where like you can't really touch a wide receiver. All right, JP. Uh, is there anything yeah, else you want? Uh, but sorry, you were cutting. Uh, I was going to just say that. Uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs and Jets too. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Jets GM Joe Douglas has been there since 2019, and I think while you know the wins and losses haven't been great, I think that they're building something with the Jets right now. I like, uh, you know, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, all all guys rated in the top 15. They got all three of them in the draft. 
top top running back they got and they got a, a solid tight end out of Ohio State later that I think might end up starting on their team. JP, what are your thoughts real quick before we wrap this up on there's two cornerbacks going in the top four. I feel like that's I don't remember seeing that maybe ever. I think corner is such a valuable position in today's NFL. And if you can get a top notch corner, snag them. Yeah. But I, I feel like Sauce Gardner was in that category of a top five pick. I'm not sure about Derek Stingley because everyone said he looks the part as a freshman, phenomenal year on that Burrow team. Yeah. But the past couple of years, he's had nagging injuries and just hasn't performed. So, and now he's going to a dysfunctional team. I'm interested to see how that works out. Yeah, that is true. That's one of those things about when you, when you draft early, you're also going to a team. And when it's the habitual teams like Washington or the Jets or the Jaguars or even the Giants of recent, the the Browns habitually, like, or Detroit, like those teams, like, there's a reason they picked down there because they're, they're a dumpster fire of an organization, especially places like Washington. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was going to get at, too, with the Jets, or not the Jets, the Chiefs, on the other hand, are a great organization, which is why I feel like this draft, they just knocked out of the ballpark. They have, uh, I-, I love the McDuffie pick later. He was rated closer to, you know, the the, the 15 range. They got him a, a little bit later. George Karloftis fell to them at 30. He's a pass rusher that didn't have a lot of sacks, but generates pressure consistently. And then Sky Moore is going to fill in for Tyreek Hill. I know he's not as explosive, but with Mahomes, Andy Reid, I think we just plug and play there. And then, yeah, that that's like the uh, uh, you're, you you I mean, absolutely nailed it with Kansas City being like the opposite of the franchises we just talked about. And I think Pittsburgh, could, you know, traditionally is one of the better ones too. But Kansas City definitely, especially with Andy Reid, just the the leaders on that team. I, I think yeah. that's a good situation. They, they, this is the first year Andy Reid, I heard, has had two first-round picks in the same draft. And uh, I, I think he, he's, he nailed it. They upgraded at defense significantly. They, uh, what do you Brian think? Cook, they got as a safety to replace the Honey Badger. And uh, linebacker of Wisconsin, I think, is going to replace Anthony Hitchens. And <laughs> like you said, with the organization and structure they have, I think these guys are just going to fill right in and contribute immediately. What do you think? Uh, this is the last question, and then we'll wrap it up. What do you think Andy Reid's average draft pick is? It has to be like twenty six. That that's great. Well, I would say since like, like Philly since and the Chiefs, yeah, like since the McNabb era. Since yeah, say. right. Since he took over as head coach for the Eagles, I would say he's probably towards the end of Philly. He may have had a couple early ones, like Lane Johnson. I know was a top five, but right. outside of like. Those couple, it's got to be. But like before that, he's made NFC Championship. Something. Yeah, so I have to. Think I would the say average... twenty five, the earliest. Anything twenty five and under or over. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, twenty five is pretty good. I think anywhere between twenty two and twenty five, just because there's probably. Although, like, I don't know. He just he's, makes he's it to conference to championships every year. Yeah. <laughs> He really is, and it's one of those things like we've talked about, JP, with like Terry Bradshaw, like Yinzers around here will always be like, he never lost a Super Bowl kind of thing. But like I value like making the AMC championship games and stuff. Like uh, you shouldn't be crucified for losing the championship game. And I think Andy Reid kind of gets some of that. Like he he finished in fourth more than like the top four more than anyone ever probably. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, and it's it's that always drives me nuts. Well, he he was undefeated, and yeah, people never talk about the fact that you know Jordan losing all those playoff series as before Scottie Pippen or any of that. You know, it's it's all about what did they do in the final, and that's you know it, it can be unfair. Yeah, like ever since Brady set the bar with all of his Super Bowls. The whole idea of he's not undefeated in Super Bowls, it, 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 it's a stupid argument. I agree. It's a waste of time. The, that whole thing with Brady skewed it and, like, a lot of the rookie quarterbacks anymore, you, you know, you expect your rookie quarterback to come in and be a game changer, and that's not the way that it typically goes. Right, right. And Andy Reid finishing in the NFC title game and losing, you know, he got a bronze medal. He didn't get a participation ribbon like the rest of you. Yeah. All right, JP. Let's wrap this up. Good, good talk. We'll uh, let's uh, we'll definitely touch base. We'll at least try to do this monthly until the uh, NFL season starts. Yeah, sounds good. All right, JP. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Listen to the regular Poor Man's podcast. We have Sarah Morgan coming on this Monday, and then we'll be doing a live show from Logyard Brewing in Kane, PA. So definitely do that. Vote for your least favorite movie character. This is uh, well, probably by the time you hear this, it'll be the finals. JP, let me t- let me touch base on this before we wrap it up. We have the final four. It's Jenny from Forrest Gump against Skylar White, and then we also have. Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka against Rose from the Titanic. Oh, so a couple things. I actually wanted to bring this up to you. Um, I just totally forgot. So the whole things, uh, the the whole uh, tournament from the get go, I, I feel is a little unfair because I saw Sports Guy JP nominates Dumbledore. Now, <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> Dumbledore, great character, great to the story, (laughs) the development of the story, the books and movies alike. Great character, top five character, not a bad movie character by any means. He's just permanently in the doghouse, and there is no further explanation given to the voters. JP, I, so, I, <laughs> I feel like it was a little skewed. I, no, if you you obviously are not a, a, a listener to the everyday show because I, I I said your piece. I said what it was about the whole bullshit about the the house trophy, the house cup. That's that, that it's on. If Dumbledore were a parent today, they're so many Slytherin phone calls home. <laughs> you know, it would be, it, it's ridiculous. JP, you, you it's, say it, what? It's not like, it's not like he said, like, you know, uh, you know what? House Cup's going to be awarded in a minute. But before we do that, Gryffindor is really killed at the past month or given point. No, he's like, you win. Let's change all the banners. Let's have our <laughs> feast. And then he pauses it mid feast. It was. It's it like, was like, uh, 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 what's the movie with, uh, it was Moonlighting or Moonshadow or what's the movie? Yeah. And, and, and then he, he miscounts, but he, it's tied. Like <laughs> Gryffindor doesn't even win. He miscounts. They're tied with Slytherin. Then he gives Neville a point for just, <laughs> no, like he's brave. Neville was brave, brave, man. JP, I, I don't, I don't, people, oh my God. I'm going to, I'm going to look <laughs> it up right now because I feel like, uh, uh, the Dumbledore won around even. <laughs> but, but what what are your thoughts on the final four as we were saying but, but anyway yes um here's the deal i've never i i've i'm only familiar with the work of jenny and grandpa joe <laughs> uh, who, who are the other two skyler from breaking skyler bad white from breaking bad 
is against and Jenny. from Titanic. Yeah. So here's the, here's my take. Public opinion will probably say Skyler and the girl from Titanic are the wor- or, or, or worse, and I bet they are more annoying characters. Because Grandpa Joe on the surface <laughs> isn't really annoying or bad until you do an in-depth analysis of his character. <laughs> yeah. Then you're like, this guy is definitely, definitely. Dude, he just jumps out of bed at the thought of going to a candy factory. And then he almost gets them kicked out. Like, like, what's, like what's, they, first off, who has all four of their grandparents and they're all bedridden at the same time? But, like, the thing is, it's, like, the mom is, like, washing stuff on the washboard. And the second Charlie gets a golden ticket, he can do a jig. Get out of here, man. It's not even, like, he gets out of bed and walks. No, he gets out and does, like, a dance. (laughs) I'm trying to see who Dumbledore was against so I can see. (laughs) So, I I, I think that... um, Personal oh, I'm wrong. JP, Dumbledore was out in the first round. She lost to Rachel from the Batman movie. Well, that's kind of fair, I guess. I mean, Rachel sucks, too. Yeah. <laughs> but so what I'm saying is I think it would be funnier for the show if <laughs> Grandpa Joe met in the final against uh, Jenny because they're kind of likable characters until you really get in depth with it. Then you're like, wait, they kind of suck. That's the soul of what this is. Those are the two that I started with. Those two that I started with are Jenny and Grandpa Joe. And the fact that they made the Final Four is good enough, but we'll see how they go. I mean, there's really no no winner or loser. In terms of public opinion, I think the other two will meet the final, though, Mm -hmm. which which, which is fair, but uh, I think for the sake of my humor, it'd be funnier to see the other two meet. Fair enough. Well, I hope to see a Jenny Grandpa Joe, but uh, we will see how it goes. And uh, oh, if you're listening... I, uh, one, one thing. I had a uh, discussion with... Uh, I don't know if producer Dustin's still a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we would about, hope to have producer Dustin around. We were discussing this bracket. And we said it would also be funny to do fictional characters from songs, and that was discussed because Whiskey Lullaby <laughs> was playing, and we already have our one scene. <laughs> that is such a good idea. That is such a good idea. For, this is immediately who I went with, is whoever the guys in the Kenny Rogers song, uh, the group. The, the Gatlin boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ones who raped a girl. They're like Duke, North Carolina, the tournament. Yeah, man. Gatlin boys and the wife from Whiskey Lollipop. <laughs> that that's that's my preseason dark horse is the Gatlin boys. <laughs> but yeah, maybe they do. Maybe like the pros is the movies, and this is college. Like they have a ranking one to twenty-five. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's definitely some room because I do want to switch it up for the second one, and I was thinking about doing like the worst songs and JP. Do yourself a favor, or don't, and anybody listening, do yourself a favor, because this is what I think the worst song is. It's a Nickelback song, and people are like, oh, they, they, they're like, Nickelback's not that bad, and they think about the Nickelback hits. There's, I think it's called If If Everyone Cared by Nickelback. It's the most awful song ever, so definitely download that. It's like Imagine by John Legend if it was just done by Nickelback. Oh, can't wait. We'll, we'll see if it's if it's on LimeWire. <laughs> yeah. Don't download it. It's going to be like uh, Smells Like Teen, teen Spirit, George, uh, Bill Clinton, and awesome. uh, probably some porn. Some f- family guy thing. Or- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lo is getting banged by Homer Simpson. <laughs> cool. you, you could just, the, the funny thing about LimeWire, too, is that like 
Couldn't you just Google a picture, download the picture, <laughs> which wasn't the picture you wanted to begin with? Took four hours. Uh, <laughs> LimeWire. I'll tell you what. LimeWire is responsible for more viruses than, you know, uh, Wuhan. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Let's wrap this up, JP. Uh, like I said, we're, we're going to try to do another one before uh, before the football season, and then we'll do a weekly one again. Thank you all for listening. Listen to the regular show. Make sure you follow. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. You play to win the game.